0: and you'll still get the first month free you'll also get free shipping on all orders 10 percent off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out rough trade events so don't hang around head to roughtrade.com club and sign up with the code club 101 pod that's club 101 pod and claim money off rough trades album of the month today this offer is for uk residents only Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. For a large chunk of these older episodes, I've had to cut the original intros as part of a migration process. So all that means is we're going to get straight into the interview here with the name that you clicked on. No warm-ups, no preamble, just a straight one, two and in. You ready? One, two, three!
1: What's the? What's your preferred? Evil one. Everyone calls me Fee. I usually just get called a Fee there when I'm in trouble.
0: <laughs> I'll try not to use it too much then. <laughs> cool. So take t- take me back to the start of you playing music. Like, how old were you when you st- first started writing like original songs?
1: I think quite young actually. I think it was probably when I got my like first guitar. Um, I was kind of into like you know watching like all american rejects on youtube coming home from primary school and stuff and i think i, I think the first song i ever wrote on guitar which was like e minor and, and g or something and it was like called old man johnny and i just like i remember that so specifically like i could probably still play it now but it's just i think i was probably about eight or nine and then i kind of stopped for a while like through gcses and just kind of studied like classical music so i've kind of been doing it since i was really young i guess <laughs>
0: So you studied classical music. You knew that you wanted to step into that direction.
1: Oh, no. I mean, it was horrible. (laughs) I hated classical music. It was just all all boring theory stuff. And and that was just kind of the only way I could make a a, a qualification out of it to go on to college and and study um, what I wanted to do. Sorry, that was my... my... No, all good. Um, Yeah, I, I think that kind of made me want to kind of go down the performance way and like production and do my own thing rather than listen to Mozart and Chopin.
0: (laughs) Right. And did you have friends and family who were like, yeah, you like music, go do music.
1: Yeah. I think they all were quite supportive of me in that sense. My mum and dad are like avid music fans. So they were kind of, you know, they brought me up on listening to all different sorts of genres from like Food Fighters and Eminem and then to like old school garage and stuff like that. My parents uh, have a lot to, um, a lot of credit to take for my musical influence. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think that, that, that helps in, in such a like kind of,
0: cause you know, we, we are our experiences. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah, exactly. if we have people around us from a young age who are like, yeah, I dig music. This is like, this is a real way to live your life, to be so stoked on this one thing. And that must've have haven't had an impact on, you know, on, on your perception of, of doing it.
1: Yeah, it manifests definitely. And it, imp- in like it imprints in your brain and, and like your way of thinking is just so, like totally surrounded by the way you're brought up and the things you're brought up around. So yeah, I've got, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that I, I had quite a creative family.
0: <laughs> Which brings me to like, you know, go, go, you know, just full circle is, is this podcast is about people who are like, yeah, I want to do this, you know, like, um, you know, not everyone has the support of people around them, but in order to do this, in order to be a musician, you're going to have to work Mm -hmm. some menial jobs to pay for it because you know, what support bands are still getting paid 50 quid a show.
1: Yeah. I had to kind of for the first few years of the band and like before we'd kind of gotten anywhere to near to where we we are now, um, we all worked jobs, like all all four of us and well, three of us and, and, Taz kind of, I don't, he, he didn't really work at the same time, but he's a bit younger than than me and Paul were. But, yeah, we, we did the whole, you know, paying for our own travels and trains and, and, and coaches to these shows that would only pay us 50 or, like, sometimes even, like, nothing just for the exposure. So, yeah, I think everyone's been there at that point, you know, getting paid pennies. <laughs> but we all kind of, we did we did, what we had to do to make ends meet. And I guess we, we still, half of us still do.
0: It's something that you hear all the time where you'll always have people around you trying to rip you off and, you know, tell you, Oh, you know, you do it for the exposure. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, as you get older, you kind of realise like that's kind of bullshit.
1: Yeah. I think quite early on we got offered this kind of like, um, this kind of deal, uh, not really a deal. It was basically just to, to record some, some tracks. And it was the first kind of, offer of money we'd ever seen and and it, by any means to record a, a record it was it would never have have sufficed like it was never going to be enough money but you know bright-eyed kind of teenagers really wanting to set foot into music and, and we were like, yeah this is great like that will that will help us so much. but I think that was the first time and I think it kind of made us aware because everyone around us was like mm, it's like think about it first and and we never did it and I think that was the first moment where we realized, Um, we can't just uh, do it for the exposure or take kind of ladders where we don't really understand where they're going to lead. So I think, yeah, that happened. And then there's been plenty of other places where it's just like, well, we don't have the budget to pay you, but, you know, it will be great for kind of publicity and it's like a great look for the band. But sometimes you have to just process whether or not it's going to be like a productive thing to do or not.
0: (laughs) I mean, you, you're you're in a world, you know, professional and social. The social element of it plays such a huge role in in music, you know, because your friends and your family are going to be fans. It, it, you know, it seems like you can you can make one wrong decision and kind of ruin your career.
1: Yeah, definitely. It it, it doesn't take very much to um, to kind of mess up, does it? Especially not kind of in these this day and age. Like, there's so much controversy around loads of different things so yeah it's it is what I kind of one one small thing might affect your whole career.
0: <laughs> it's extraordinary how uh, how sensitive that is and, and how how vulnerable that is you know when you when you're working the these jobs I mean I read that you were working at Spoons at, at one point.
1: It was definitely an experience and I think um, it, you know it taught me a, a, a few skills it basically taught me social it's like sociable skills more than anything and how to um how to do customer service to a certain extent but I think it's one of those jobs that you do flexibly like f- it's for flexibility isn't it it's a, it's a lot of uh, it's a big market for for students and, and people who want to work part-time and have stuff that they need to do outside of it that might be more time consuming and I think that's why it fitted us really well um, you know, I started working there just before we started the band, and I met Paul at that job. P- Paul, our bassist, which is incredible because you know, if I never started working there, then we probably never would have met.
0: And do, do you think being behind the bar helps you being behind the microphone?
1: Um, in a way, yeah. Actually, I I, I feel like it gives you uh, the ability to kind of just be you a little bit when you're there because you know the people that you're serving and stuff is kind of you know that they've got beer goggles on and you feel a little bit more com- comfortable because you're not being judged I think it is quite similar to being on stage I guess in in a very weird way like your fans are just your regular Wetherspoons punters
0: <laughs> and like you know I, I don't know, you know obviously you never had any contacts with you know him I imagine but like I guess I'm a liberty to ask like what's how do you how do you see Tim Martin
1: it's he's he's an interesting fellow isn't he um (laughs) he's uh he's quite controversial um and obviously not paying his staff when he's got thousands like millions of pounds in his pocket that was that was a quite questionable move um but you know it's weatherspoons is weatherspoons i don't condone his behavior i don't condone him as a person but i don't think um that like people my age and people, people of all ages could really live without Weatherspoons. <laughs> well, I mean, it brings, it brings up an interesting
0: topic because Weatherspoons is a place that a lot of people can, you know, it's the place they can only really afford to have no, a, sure, a good yeah. night to the extent that they want. Yeah. And I th- I think after this, I, I think, you know, he's, he's kind of become a figurehead of bullshittery, of how to not run a business. Oh, definitely. And yeah. so many people are talking about not going there, you know, boycotting it on an individual level.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I I, totally get that. I mean, he is terrible, obviously, at not being a bit of a fool and a babbling fool at, fool at that. Like, he's, he's kind of... <laughs> is questionable isn't he he's almost like the Boris Johnson of um pub scenes <laughs> he's the Boris Johnson of nightlife. I haven't worked there for a year I think now or just over a year um and pretty much just because it actually be- it, the band stuff became actually too time consuming for mm. for me to be able to keep up with the job and also do all of the other things like writing sessions and gigs and tours and stuff Uh, but paul does still work at web spoons he is a manager or shift manager
0: how did you find adjusting to the band life taking over as as a job
1: it was interesting because obviously it's not quite as demanding sometimes and you you can go where you might have uh, continuity and um like you know, so, something quite becomes quite mundane, and you've got to do a, a shift like every day at WeberSpoons, and then kind of adapting into maybe having free writing sessions a week, or maybe shooting a video, or maybe being on tour for a month. But you know, the, the days off in between because it's so it is so different and it changes all the time. It did. It, it was weird at first, um, definitely, because you you'd be hanging around sometimes. Some week you'd be doing loads of things, and the next week you'd be doing nothing. So yeah, it, it was, it was a bit weird at first, but I kind of enjoyed it because I did, you know, I worked at Spoons for three years and, and most of those weeks, some of those weeks I would be doing like 50 hour weeks and working my 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 weekends all the time. And, and then like my one day off on the, in the week I'd be seeing my friends. So it was kind of, it was crazy. And now with all of this going on, music's even quieter. So it's kind of, <laughs> the, the, the last few months of my life have been the quietest they've been in a couple of years. <laughs> did you have to
0: find a new way to to write songs? Because we're habitual creatures. And so, you know, you're working 50 hour weeks, you've got that time that you feel inspired at 2am when you get home or, or the opposite, you know, in the morning, when you wake up, you write a song, when you were given so much space and time to, to write, did that affect the way that you were orchestrating yourself?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when we when I uh, stopped working in, at Weatherspoons last May or April, um, before that, I hadn't really, never really had the time to write. And, you know, my, my time was so consumed by working that writing seemed like a chore because I never really had, I was never creative enough when I needed to be or like when I came home from work, it was too late. Or when I got up in the morning, afternoon it was too late because I'd been at work until four a.m. So I found it really difficult. But then when I stopped working there, it was like I allowed myself to be creative and that, like it was it it was really nice because I think on the back of that it gave us it gave me the time to write the album. And I think I don't think I ever would have done that if I carried on working at Weatherspoons. I think it, and if I did, it would have taken me a lot longer, and I don't think it would be as good as it is. So I, I feel like it was quite a blessing that I adapted my writing style. Most of the time I, I do, like when I go on like walks or stuff like that, I tend to kind of, my mind is always thinking of, of exciting and, and smart lyri- like lyricism, like stuff that I can, almost like poetry. And, and then I always spend a, at least half an hour just before I go to bed, writing down everything I thought about in, into some sort of lyrics to try and make it work. And then I find it a lot easier to do that because you're, if if you start a track without an idea of lyrics and you just go into the music, sometimes you can be limiting yourself by like melody and lyrics. So I I always have to make sure I spend some time in the day trying to be a little bit poetic and find the punchline. And once I found the punchline, it makes the whole process a lot easier.
0: Yeah. It's so wild how, when you go for a walk that some, some, some of those crossed wires can become straightened out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's kind of like doing yoga but i'm not very good at that so i just walk instead <laughs>
0: <laughs> were there any hurdles in in writing this the full length
1: oh yeah definitely um you know block like writer's block is is a horrible thing and sometimes it comes in like extremely long periods so you could i you know there were times where i'd go and go and write you know because a lot, full length at the end of the day there's still so many songs that never made it onto it and there's there's stuff we had to pick from and and it took me about probably a year and a half to a like to finally pick all of the tracks and you know some months of of that time I was just really writing writing absolute drivel like really terrible stuff and and it's really like kind of yeah I feel like it took a long time and I'm kind of happy that it you know it's over now but now we have to start thinking about album two
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely I mean it makes me think that I something I read Ed Sheeran say is that you know it's songwriting is a bit like a tap and that brown water that comes out initially could go on for a long time before it gets clear
1: yeah oh yeah that's a great great metaphor actually (laughs) I definitely feel that
0: (laughs) yeah you you find that you know, keep on, if you keep on writing, it kind of gets better and you realize things that.
1: Yeah, in a strange way, though, sometimes I think that the more, sometimes if you, maybe it's it's just true with like working on one song, but I feel like if you try too hard sometimes, you can, you, it, you start to kind of hinder like what you can actually do, like your creativity, because it's no longer fun and you're trying too hard. And, and I think when it's unnatural, it, it becomes a little bit like, uh, like I can't do it. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it works both ways, I guess. And, you know, you, you work harder to be better at something or you work too hard and, and you, you ruin it, you know?
0: Totally. Have, have you found like something that, that works for you? Maybe, you know, like turning it off when you get too stressed?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I do. If I can't, you know, if it's something as simple as finding the right drum beat or finding the right uh, guitar sound or just, a lyric, you know, it's easier to just take yourself away from that moment. And sometimes you walk away, you know, you close the door to whatever room you're in You walk down the hallway and then you go, oh, I've got it. And you go back. But sometimes it takes a while and that's okay. You know, like it's, you just have to take yourself away from the situation before you like explode.
0: Makes you think of staircase humor, which, uh, you know, like kind of, I think think that's the right phrase. I might be completely fluffing that, but it's like (laughs) similarly to when someone takes the piss out of you and you're just kind of stunned and you got, you know, got a straight back and you're stiff and then you, you walk away or go up the stairs or down the stairs and realize the perfect comeback.
1: Yeah. 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 I hate that.
0: (laughs) It's so annoying, isn't
1: it? Yes. so annoying you're just like damn it i really could have won that
0: <laughs> so tracking back to last april may when you finished at spoons did, did the band did it, it became full time for you
1: yeah pretty much i mean we before i left spoons we were kind of going on you know month-long tours and and not really having enough time to work at all uh which is pro- which is mostly why i actually left because my manager at the time really really wasn't into me leaving all the time and me and Paul worked at the same spoons so we both left for the exact same amount of time and it was just a little bit too much on 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 the pub but um it went full time uh especially for me because there was stuff that I would have to do like without the boys like interviews and and you know videos or, or live streams or stuff like that and or writing sessions so yeah we um our management made the best go at making sure there weren't, there were rarely kind of days where I would just be sitting around doing nothing. So we were productive enough.
0: <laughs> Financially, did you have to change anything in your life? Do you, do you live at home?
1: Yeah, I live with my, I live with my mum and my little sister. Um, it's actually, it's it's not as bad as I would have once thought, but Weatherspoons, you know, the pay isn't imm- immaculate. I was on, I think I was on 8 pounds five an hour for like most of my time there. And yeah. yeah, you know, that is what it is. But on top of um, traveling to work and then traveling to the writing sessions I was doing when I wasn't working, it, it really didn't actually tend to to have a lot of money left over at the, the end of the day. But I find it, it a little bit... It just
0: dwarfs it, doesn't it, sometimes, yeah, your yeah. travel money to what you're getting paid?
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, like, um, paying for travel in London, like, is just ridiculous. I think, I think one one round trip for me every day to go to a job would have been £13.80 or something like that. Something ridiculous, yeah. which is like two hours of my shift, you know. Like, um, so it's, it's kind of mental, but I find it a little bit easier now um, because, you know, last year we did so many live shows and, you know, that's where money is for bands nowadays. It's, it's, it's kind of in live and merch and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's not really in the streams or anything like that anymore. Uh, radio plays some like it it helps obviously every everything helps but I find it comfortable enough now obviously living at home still I would love to not still live at home at 22 but you know I find it I feel like it's a little bit harder for people my age to move out these days especially if if definitely not to buy anywhere but even renting is hard in London so (laughs)
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's come across before on this on this on this podcast that even getting the job at the pub is hard, you know, because there's yeah. there's still a waiting list.
1: Yeah, of course. For the yeah. full time hours. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, <clears throat> towards the end of, of my my you know career at Spoons, <laughs> I was given probably maybe one shift a week or two shifts a week, just because you know if your manager isn't happy with with you know the life that you have to live around the, the job, then they're not going to give you the hours that you want and need to survive. So I think in turn, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I kind of just went, you know, what? if you're not going to give me the hours when I'm here, then I'm just going to leave. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did it, were there any moments working that job that inspired you lyrically or, you know, gave
1: you, gave you influence for songwriting? Yeah, definitely. I think I wrote a song about the first year I was working there about one of the, one of the regulars that came in. He was like, a five foot like no more than five foot irish man and he would always drink half pints of guinness and i never understood it because he would only ever order half pints but he would sit in the pub and drink about eight half pints so i just never That's the true sign
0: of an alcoholic isn't it drinking half pints
1: yeah i just didn't understand why he wouldn't drink full pints like he would sit there all day and and drink all the half pints but would never order a full point pint. and i remember one day i asked him like why do you only drink half pints And then he says, "Oh, he he said something I can't remember, but it's a lyric in the song." And he was just like, "Well, if I buy the half pint, it's a penny cheaper than if I were to buy a full pint. Like if he buys two half pints, it's a penny cheaper than it is to buy a full pint." And I said, "Are you being actually serious?" And he was just like, "Yeah, love. I'm in here every day. The pennies add up." (laughs) So I wrote a song about that. That was that was uh, quite interesting.
0: That's funny. It's funny as a songwriter just, you know, see these glimpses and these little like sort of keyholes into other people's
1: lives. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I did spend a lot of time working there, actually just kind of assessing the people i served on a regular basis. Like just wondering, like, if I could kind of, you know, set up these imaginary personas of the person I'm serving, like what they go home to, what is their life. I just... You know, I would imagine things like that when it's like really quiet and really dead, which I think is probably great for creativity. I wish that I could go back and, you know, write more, use that to be a little bit more imaginative.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's always the way though, isn't it? And you can't let yourself get bogged down by that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah.
0: you've got to take it forward with you, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and put that just- creativity into like in, elsewhere.
0: Right, right, and when an opportunity comes, just no, try not to miss it, or you know, in any way you can, I suppose.
1: Yeah, exactly. Snap it up.
0: <laughs> so, so what's next for you?
1: The album campaign is kind of well underway now, so it's it's weird because usually we'd be out playing shows, we'd be out filming videos and doing all of the the kind of promotional stuff. So it's kind of releasing an album in in this like pand- during this pandemic is kind of a really bold move and kind of daunting because you know, we've released music before, but we've never released music where we can't actually go out and play it. So it's kind of strange.
0: Yeah, and from a financial point of view, you're making money from shows which can't happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, we thrive, like as a band, all four of us, like we thrive off of live shows. Like it's it's really where our passion is and, and what we love to do. So it's kind of strange, this whole, you know, acoustic set from from your bedroom on Instagram Live. It is, it's kind of... It's
0: kind of weird. <laughs> Great, thanks so much, Phil. Fili- or Fee, rather. Yeah. <laughs> so that was Fee from Blocks. Their new record, Lie Out Loud, is just round the corner, 14th of August, coming out on Chess Club Records. If you liked this podcast, if you liked our chat, please do subscribe, give it five stars, tell your friends to listen to it, and thank you so much. I really enjoy doing these. Cheers for listening. Go back to the doll queue Please don't tell Pete from the pub Because he'll judge me, but I don't mind I've been paying my taxes on time I'm not central, not essential I've never worked for the NHS Yet I've clapped hands and I beat pants Put away the kitchen utensils now Don't let your P45 give you chills Because we need jobs We need 101 part-time jobs